Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them in many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what I have heard, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going up, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them, they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken from you up into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. seated. So welcome to the in-between Sunday. We heard last week and are reminded today of the promise of the advocate to come, the promise of the Holy Spirit. We will hear next week about Pentecost and celebrate the fulfillment of that promise. But in our scripture reading today, 
the disciples are basically told two things. One, I know you've heard about the promise of the Holy Spirit, but well, you have to wait. And two, and even after that, oh, by the way, while you're waiting for Jesus' return, you're going to have to wait well. How do you handle waiting? Do you wait well? I heard some giggles back here. Do you <laughs> wait well? Waiting well means continuing to look forward to the future, the one we're moving toward, while living faithfully where God has us right now. How do we wait well? I think, and the giggles can confirm this, that we can all admit that it's not in our human nature to wait well. Our fast-paced lives and our culture, we don't often value waiting. We seem to get more impatient as we are more instantly gratified with one-click shopping and one-day shipping. We often, however, don't have control over how long we must wait, whether it's waiting for answers, whether it's waiting for food at a restaurant, waiting for healing, but we do have control over how we wait. And my first instinct for how I wait is to wait like a two-year-old. So just going to throw that out there. Um, and I was at a conference a few weeks ago. It was with one of my favorite Bible study teachers, Priscilla Shire. And she told a story about her brother and her two-year-old niece that I could relate to, and maybe you can a little bit too. So you see, this two-year-old baby girl had a strong personality from a young age. She knew exactly what she wanted and when she wanted it. Sound familiar, Dad? My dad's right out here. Um, and one day, she went over to that big box in the kitchen that holds all the food, and she pointed to it, looked to her father, and she said, eat. He scooped her up put her in her high chair across the room so that he could fix her some food. But in that high chair, she proceeded to pitch a two-year-old tantrum, <laughs> screaming and yelling, and she finally wiggled her way out of the high chair, stomped back to the box with all the food again, eat. So he scooped her up again, and this back and forth from the fridge to the high chair continued for quite some time, as you can imagine. But you see, he, as her father, was putting her exactly where she needed to be to receive the blessing he was preparing for her, her dinner. She, however, was impatient, sad, mad, hurt, confused, to have to sit there and wait. One thing to consider, though, is not only did she go to the refrigerator, she at least did go to her father. Yes, it was a wrestling match between the two of them, but when we think about how this relates to our lives, who better to wrestle with than your heavenly father? She didn't try to hide her hurt, her impatience, and we don't have to hide with our heavenly father either. She did try to solve the problem on her own, 
also sounds familiar, but thankfully her father knew better and her father was more patient than she was. Now our scripture, it doesn't tell us how the disciples were feeling that day. They were told to go back to Jerusalem and wait. But I can't imagine that they didn't have any questions, any confusion, any anger or hurt or two-year-oldness. We actually just finished an entire sermon series about Jesus being everywhere. And we learned that Jesus is with us in those moments. He's with us in our grief, our confusion, our failure, just to name a few. And today, even though Jesus seems to be gone, even though the answer for now is, well, wait, God still wants us to know we are not alone while we wait. He is with us in the waiting. But also, we aren't inactive while we wait either. Webster's Dictionary has several definitions for the word wait. One definition of the word is to remain stationary in readiness or expectation. Or in other words, remain in the high chair or go back to Jerusalem. Sometimes we must wait like the 10 days the disciples experience in our scripture between the promise and Pentecost. Like the disciples, we must remain stationary but in readiness and expectation. Yes, we must sit and sometimes be still and wait, but this is not a passive stance. This stance is much like a football player or a basketball player is in an active yet stationary stance waiting to catch the ball. Even though we remain stationary, we remain active by practicing spiritual disciplines. So let's think about a few of those. How is your daily prayer life going? Do you have time and space carved out each day to pray? You're obviously here and active in worship today, but do you take time for personal worship in your day-to-day? Making time for personal conversations with God, not just on Sunday mornings. Do you meet with God daily through music or Bible study? Those are other great ways to be stationary, yet ready and expectant. After all, one of the greatest ways we experience God's voice is through the reading of his word and in that daily study. Do you have any of these disciplines in place? All of these, some of these, none of these? Is there one you wanna focus on moving forward? The goal will be to develop these disciplines during the the good seasons, because when a tough season comes, possibly a tough season of waiting, it helps to have these disciplines in place to where you turn to God no matter what or how you are feeling. Like I said before, we don't have control over how long we wait or why we wait, but we do have control over how we wait. Sometimes we must sit and wait where God has placed us, even if we don't quite understand, just like Priscilla's niece that day. That promise of blessing comes with obedience and trust. And what better way to show God that we obey and trust him than to stay put when he places us somewhere? We must trust that God has placed us exactly where we need to be to receive what he's trying to give us, to learn 
what he's trying to teach us to change what he's trying to change in us, even if it involves some wrestling with him. Spiritual wrestling and waiting well shows faith and trust in God who knows the big picture. Spiritual resting and waiting well shows faith and trust in God who knows the big picture. We also have another definition, though, of the word wait. To be ready to serve like a waiter serves food at a restaurant. We see again at the end of our scripture reading in verse 11, the two men in white robes alluding to the fact that the disciples still must wait even after receiving the Holy Spirit. They must wait for this Jesus who has been taken up from them into heaven to come in the same way as they saw him go into heaven. Like our disciples in our scripture today, we too are in this in-between. The book of Acts may have begun with our scripture reading today, but it is still being written today through us and our actions. Let me repeat that. The book of Acts may have begun with our scripture reading today, but it is still being written today through us and our actions. Now this type of waiting is no longer stationary. This waiting is now waiting like a waiter serving food at a restaurant. We, like the disciples on Pentecost, have received the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we wait for Jesus' return, we are called to go and make disciples, to love one another, to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. We must roll up our sleeves, put our servant's towel over our arm, and serve. After all, Christ has no hands but ours, no feet but ours, no heart but ours until his return. He is counting on us to be his body and to use our gifts in service to glorify him. Do you know your spiritual gifts? Are you currently serving someone somewhere using those gifts? Are you aware of the service opportunities within our church and our surrounding community? If you see a need, are you taking next steps moving forward to meet that need? Are you actively plugged into small group opportunities where your gifts are able to combine with others to love and serve the one another's of this world? Every gift is needed as we wait well on Jesus. Every gift is needed as we wait well on those around us who need to be served. We serve Jesus by serving others. Now, for those of you who really know me, I know you're going to be shocked when I say that this both and nature of both still and stationary disciplines and participating in Christ-like service reminds me of the story of Mary and Martha. Now, many of you know my very strong opinions of the story of these two sisters, especially my experiences with Martha, but... A wise friend in our Sunday night group shared with us a very important and intentional thought that applies to what I think our scripture is trying to teach us about waiting. When we are waiting well, there will be times we are both waiting like Mary and waiting like Martha. 
So the question is, how do we know which one to be and when? So this friend of ours shared, whichever sister you've been acting like lately, try acting like the other one next. So for example, if you've been in a long period of prayer, study, meditation, and stillness like Mary, maybe it's time to get up and serve like Martha. Or if you've been in a long period of action and busyness and service like Martha, maybe it's time to slow down and rest and actively listen like Mary. So I pray that over these next few days, you take some time to ask yourself, how are you handling this in-between of, well, wait and wait well? And may we all wait well by actively resting and trusting in the Lord. May we all wait well by actively serving where he has placed us and by using what he's placed in our hands. And may we all wait well by actively sharing the good news of God's grace until the book of Acts closes with his return. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day and for your word and how active and alive it is in our lives. We appreciate your grace. We appreciate your presence with us no matter what. Even when we may feel like you are far away, you are not, and we are grateful. Help us to remember that no matter how long we wait, we can control how we wait, and that you always want us to turn to you Help us to slow down and listen, or help us to speed up and serve. You know our hearts. You know which season we're in. Help us to listen as you guide us. In Jesus' name, amen.